Thank you for tuning in to Encounter Jesus Podcast with Pastor Jode Johnson. We are so excited and confident that through this broadcast, it will help strengthen your relationship with Christ. Let's tune in to this week's message. Turn with me to the book of 1 Peter chapter 5. 1 Peter chapter 5. We're going to start at the 8th verse. Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. Remember that your Christian brothers and sisters all over the world are going through uh, the same kinds of sufferings that you are. In his kindness, God has called you to share in his eternal glory by means of Christ Jesus. Watch this. So after, someone say after. So after you have suffered a little while, he will restore you, support you, strengthen you, and will place you in a firm foundation. I want to deal with that word today, after. Someone say after. Mm -hmm. So so God is letting me know that there is something coming, and what you're in right now uh, is not the end of it. There is an after coming. Uh, What you're in right now won't always be there is an after. Tell the person next to you there is an after. There is an after. Point number one, the way of God involves suffering. But after, there will always be a blessing. And that word is capitalized. That means that you're not in this thing for no reason. With the suffering that you're dealing with right now, God told me to tell you there is an after coming. And and after the test is always a blessing. A good part about going through with God is that you can rest assured that you will. In other words, you will get through. Point number two, the way of God involves trouble sometimes. But trouble is intimidated by the God of tomorrow. Somebody say after. Some of these scriptures are going to be very familiar. Just, just get in receive mode because God is impregnating your ears right now. Psalms chapter 34 verse uh, 17. It says the Lord or, or the righteous cry out and the Lord hears and he delivers them out of a couple of their troubles. Out of all, somebody say after. One of the keys to the trouble that you're in right now is what you say while you're in it. One of the keys to a successful season is how you name that season. Hallelujah. What you talk about while you're in that season. If you talk about the season itself, uh, the reality of it, then you'll stay stuck in it. But you have to name that season. Uh, I want to show you a very strong principle that many of you all probably never saw. There's a man by the name of Joseph. And Joseph in the book of Genesis chapter 41. He was in a tight spot. The Bible says that he went from being player hated on to a pit, from a pit to a palace or to Potiphar's house, from Potiphar's house to the prison, from the prison to national prominence, but he went through a lot of trouble. Somebody say trouble. One thing that he did in his trouble is he he named something in his trouble. Look at uh, uh, Genesis chapter 41, verse 51. It says this, Joseph named his older son Manasseh. For he said, God has made me to forget all of my troubles and everyone in my father's family. In other words, he, he caused me to forget my troubles and he caused everyone connected to me to forget my troubles. So therefore, I'm naming my son Manasseh by faith. God says that in this season right now, there are some things that you're going to have to name by faith. And what you call it is what it shall be. 
Later on in the scripture, there was a king by the name of Manasseh that went wayward. But this king had fell off from God, but God said, because of your name, I'm going to bring you back. And he made Manasseh to forget all of his trouble. There is some Manasseh moments that's about to be released to those of you who are under my, uh, the sound of my voice. God is about to release a Manasseh over your trouble, a Manasseh over your pain, a Manasseh over your season, a Manasseh over your moment, a Manasseh over your relationship. God is going to cause you to forget your troubles. You're going to know what it is, but you're going to forget what it feels like. God says, Manasseh over your seas. Hallelujah. Have a seat, have a seat. Uh, point number three. The way of God involves being tested, but the word of God usually manifests after you pass it. The way of God involves being tested, but the word of God usually manifests right after you pass it. Now, let me give you, let me give you some, some, some spiritual knowledge here that you probably don't know. Whenever you get a word, the word that you get actually tests you. And if you're going through a test right now, it's because you're pregnant with the word. If you're going through something right now, that means that there's a great purpose over your life. No word, no purpose. But the, but the larger the test is because there's a great word on the inside of you. And I'm going to prove that scripturally. Uh, using the same guy, uh, Joseph. Now, David here in Psalm 105 is talking about the past, what happened with Joseph. He's talking about the fact that they were in trouble. They were in a famine. But God sent them somebody. He sent them a man by the name of Joseph. It says, Joseph, who was sold as a slave, they hurt his feet with fetters, uh, and they laid, uh, they laid him in irons, or he was laid in irons. Upon the time, now watch this, excuse me, until the time his word came to pass the word of the Lord tested him until the oh my God until the time that his word came to pass the word of the Lord tested him so it stayed, the test stayed on him while he was in the pit. The test stayed on him while he was in the palace. The test stayed on him until the time that God released him from it. I'm here to submit to you under the sound of my voice like Sarah said earlier. It's not what it looks like. The test that you're in right now is because the word is working in you. The word of the Lord over your life is becoming mature over you. So you're in a test. And the test itself is what's testing you. It's not necessarily always the devil. It's God maturing you with the word over your life. Oh my God, there's some things that are being birthed out of you right now and it's the word of the Lord. The word of the Lord is growing up in you. The seed of the word of the Lord is coming out of you. The seed of the word of the Lord is being impregnated in you. The seed of the word of the Lord is maturing in you. And because the word is maturing in you, God said you're coming out of your test. Somebody say after, 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 after. If you don't believe me, let's look at what Jesus said. You know the parable about the sower that wants to sow a seed. You can find that in Matthew chapter 13, and you can find it right here in Mark chapter 4. Jesus begins to tell them what the seeds represent. And the seed that fell upon stony ground sprung up quick. And then Jesus began to talk to uh, his disciples about what that really meant. He says, and they have no root in themselves. Watch this. And so they endure only for a time. But after, somebody say after. After when tribulation and persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. Hallelujah. So many of us under the sound of my voice, we've been stumbling over our word. We've been stumbling over the prophecy. We've been stumbling over what God has given us. But God wants you to know that if you can, if you can walk through it this season, the word, the Bible says it stayed on him until the word came to pass. 
And so what the Lord wants me to let you know in this moment that the word is coming to pass. It may look dark, but I promise you that the word is coming to pass. All of you who have a word in your belly, if God has spoken to you in a dream or spoken to you through a prophet or spoken to you through a service or spoken to you through his word, the word is coming to pass. Somebody say after, after, after. Point number four, the way of God involves affliction, but you won't remain in it. God always delivers 100% of the time. Psalm 34, 19, New King James language. Many are the afflictions of the who? Of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of a couple of them. The Lord delivers them out of the ones that they're ready to be delivered out of. The Lord delivered them out of the ones that, that the nation put on them. God says, I'm going to deliver you out of everything that you're going through. Every affliction that's on your life, you can consider yourself delivered. Every affliction has an expiration date. Every affliction has a moment where it's going to cease and desist. Every affliction that you're going through, God sent me on this stage to tell you this morning that I'm about to pull you out of every one of them. If it's your children, you're coming out. If it's your finances, you're coming out. If it's your mental state, you're coming out. If it's medication, you're coming off. If it's sickness, you're coming out. If it's money, you're coming out. God sent me here to tell you, you're about to come out of that affliction. Hallelujah. Somebody believes the word of the Lord. The Bible says, believe God, so shall you be established. Believe his prophets, and so shall you prosper. If you believe that you're coming out, why don't you put a praise on it? Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Have a seat. Psalm, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, New King James language, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17. For our light affliction, someone say light affliction. Our light affliction, which is but for a moment, that means there's an after, is working for our more exceeding eternal weight of glory. Watch this. The affliction is light, but the weight is heavy. This is a light affliction compared to what's about to happen to you. Because glory is going to get on your life. And it's going to give you density. It's going to give you substance. It's going to give you power to be able to stand differently than you did before you went through. The affliction is light, but God says that the weight of glory is heavy. Point number five, write it down, take a picture of it. The weight of God uh, involves being intimidated. Uh, but there comes a time when the word intimidated is dated. That means that it's getting old. That, that means that it's passing away. See, if you look right in the middle of the word intimidated, you'll see the word timid. And the intimidation comes to make you shrink. And it, makes, it comes to make you draw back. It comes to minimize your anointing and your influence. It comes to reduce you and downscale you. It comes to cut off of you and to get you to shrink back. But God says, I need for you to stand in the face of your Goliath. I need you to stand in the face of what's intimidating you. I need you to stand in the face of the things that are trying to make you seem small. And declare, I'm coming out of this season. God is about to bring me out of everything that's intimidating. I hear you, Lord. Some of you all are intimidated by different businesses that are bigger than yours. You're about to come out. Some of you all are intimidated by people getting married when you've been waiting for a long time. You're about to come out. God, you've been intimidated by people's cars and houses. You're about to get yours. God is about to release on you something that's going to make the giant seem small. You are coming out in Jesus' name. Somebody say after, 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 after. Turn with me to the book of Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 41. 
In verse 8, watch this. Watch how, how genius and brilliant God is. Isaiah 41 and 8 is dealing with a man by the name of Cyrus. Please say that name, Cyrus. Later on in the text, it calls his, names out, his name out, uh, uh, Cyrus. Cyrus was a powerful king who was coming to conquer every land that was in his way. Different nations would get together out of fear and develop war plans together to stop this man by the name of Cyrus. Nothing could stop him. Animals couldn't stop him. War horses couldn't stop him. And he was coming through. And everyone was intimidated. Say that word, intimidated. But God says, not for you, my special people. The Bible says in Isaiah 41, verse 8, he says, but you, Israel, are my servant, Jacob, whom I have chosen, the descendants of Abraham, my friend. Somebody say, I'm the friend of God. You whom I have taken from the ends of the earth and called from its farthest regions. I said to you, you are my servant. I have chosen you and have not cast you away. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed. I'm talking in King James, not now because it's getting serious. Be not dismayed, for I am the Lord your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will withhold you by my right hand. Now, when God starts talking about his right hand, he never deals with his left hand. He always deals with his right hand. That's why when you see me lay hands, I never lay hands with my left hand, always with the right hand, because the right hand involves, it, it, it denotes muscle. It denotes authority. It denotes moving things that were stubborn. It denotes that I'm about to come in and shift things around that nothing else can shift for you. I'm not coming with my left hand. I'm coming with my right hand. I'm coming with authority. That means I'm commanding things uh, to leave your life that was sitting on your season. Now, what's so crazy about this passage is that this passage was written and there was nobody that existed whose name was Cyrus. When this was written, it was peace in the land. This was written actually 150 years before Cyrus was even born. What is that saying? God, oh my God, God is saying, I've already named your test before it even comes to you. I've already fixed your problem before it even shows up on the scene. I've given it a name and his name is Cyrus. I had to give it a name because there's a name that's above every name. And if it's named, it's going to submit to the name of Jesus. I want you to know that yes, some things are intimidating you, but before it even comes to you, God has already worked it out. God has already fixed your problem before it was a problem. Tell somebody, get ready for the after. That's how God, he's a wise orchestrator, a master builder. He knows what you're going to before you even get to it, and it's already worked out. God has already solved your problem even before it was one. He's named your test before it even came to you. Point number six says this, the way of God involves being weary sometimes. But weariness has an expiration date, and it's called due season. Hallelujah. Weariness has an expiration date and it's called deuce. Somebody say due season. Hallelujah. I'm going to say that one more time. Weariness, pain and trouble and trauma in situations and circumstances, they won't last always. There is an after. And the name of that after is called due season. I'm here to submit to you that in the natural, there's four seasons. Summer, winter, spring, and fall. But in the spirit realm, there's five seasons. Summer, winter, spring, and fall. And then due season. God says there is a due season that's coming to everyone under the sound of my voice. 
those who have faith to receive it. There is a due season and there's a past due season. And not only is there a due season, but there is a due coming to your season. And God is not going to give you only a blessing, but he's seasoning that blessing. I'm here to submit to you that the pinata is about to break. You're about to step into a new door and a new dimension. You're about to step into a new season and a new song. God says a new season is called due season. Hallelujah. Someone shout due season, due season, due season. Mm-hmm. Due season delivered under expectation. Woo, shataba. It's delivered if you expect it. Delivered under expectation. Somebody say due season. Have a seat, have a seat, have a seat. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 9 says this. So let, let's not get tired of doing what is good. At, at just the right time. Someone say just the right time. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if you do not give up. But that's not as powerful unless I say it in the King James language. King James, Galatians chapter 6, verse 9 says this. And let us not, oh my, I feel the power of God. Let us not be weary in well-doing. For in due season, we shall reap if we do not faint. God is trying to tell you that you cannot give up in this season. You got to put one foot in front of the other. And you got to walk by faith, trusting God with everything. Because as you walk, you're walking past your enemies. You're walking past your affliction. You're walking past your holdbacks. You're walking past your setbacks. And you're walking into a wall. You're walking into a wall of a new season called due season. And I don't know about you, but those of you under the sound of my faith who have enough faith to, uh, under the sound of my voice who have enough faith to receive what I'm saying, I want you to get up on your feet because part of your due season is is birth, uh, I'll say it like this, you are literally one praise away from your new season. You're one praise away from your due season. You're one praise away from your next season. One praise away from your new level. One praise away from your new dimension. If you feel it in your heart, why don't you give God a praise for your due season? It's a due season. It's a due season. It's due season. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let me read this to you. Let me read this to you. What is the definition of of a season? When I looked up what the definition of a season is, is this. Each of the four divisions of the year, spring, summer, autumn, and winter, watch this, marked by the particular weather patterns. It's marked by particular weather patterns. God is telling me to tell you, oh yeah, that the weather is changing, the climate is shifting, uh, the, 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 the atmosphere that you are in is turning. And one of the reasons why things seem so crazy around you and why the elements seem so crazy around you is because your season is changing. It's because I'm changing you from the old season into do, somebody say do season. One of the other parts about a season, not only is it uh, indicative of weather patterns changing, but it's also indicative of the daylight hours changing. And some of you, you, it's getting dark for you. And it seems like there's less dark than there used to be, uh, less light than there used to be. And the reason why there's less light than there used to be is because your season is changing. Hallelujah. It may seem a little darker than it used to be. It may seem like things are foggy. Uh, but listen, the, one of the reasons, um, one, of the, one of the transliterations of the word trouble is the word fogginess of mind and God is saying that the reason why it seems like there's been fog there is because it's not the fog that you think it is it's a new season coming in on you 
The atmosphere around you is shifting. Hallelujah. It also means that uh, uh, it, uh, the way that the earth is in position to the sun. It says resulting from the earth's change in position with regards to the sun. Hallelujah. I'm trying to tell you that God said that there is some things that's changing on the inside of you. And because you have changed your position to me, I'm about to bring a new season on your life. And everything in your life is changing now. Somebody say change your season is changing right now under the sound of my voice if you can praise your way into oh my god I feel it all over my clothes there is a change Woo! there's a change happening over your life right now somebody shout into that change two seasons we hope that you enjoyed today's podcast to keep this podcast going and in your area, we would like you to consider being a partner. Please visit gajm.tv forward slash partner for more information. Thanks and have a blessed day.